Welcome to this edition of the Voice of Victory radio broadcast. Victory Baptist Church is an exciting, friendly, growing, independent Baptist church located in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. You are about to hear a Bible message from Pastor Jeremy Coburnett that was preached to the congregation of Victory Baptist Church. We trust that you will be blessed as you listen to the preaching of God's Word. If you look in Jeremiah 15, I want to draw your attention to verse number 16. But before we do that, verse number 17, Jeremiah said, I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Have you ever felt alone? And maybe you had people all around you. Maybe you were at work, maybe you were at home, maybe you were in church, maybe it's right now you feel this way, but you ever feel all alone? You ever feel like the whole world is against you? You ever feel like you've got nothing left in your corner, you've got nothing left in your tank, you've got no strength left? Jeremiah chapter 15, we see that Jeremiah talks about how that God was judging the nation of Judah, and Jeremiah was... He was included in that judgment, although he was a man that loved God, but he was bearing the, the, the reproach of God's people sinning, and he was bearing the judgment from God upon the nation of Judah. Jeremiah was at a point in his life where he was very discouraged. Jeremiah, in verse number 15, he said, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me, visit me, Revenge me of my persecutors, take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Jeremiah was at a very low point in his life. Jeremiah had the whole world kind of caving in around him and he seemed like and he felt like it was hopeless. Maybe that's you. Maybe you are in that spot now or maybe you've been there or God forbid, but maybe you'll be there this week in the days ahead. I want you to notice in this passage, number one, I see that there was a desire. It says in verse number 15, as Jeremiah cries out to God with all the problems and all the burdens and all the distress around him, and he says, Lord, I need you. And Lord, I need you to remember me. Notice what he says, I need you to visit me. He says, Lord, I need you to show up in my life. Lord, I need to know your presence, and I need to know that you're real, and I need to know that you have not left me. You know, Jeremiah got to the point in his life where God was all he had left. And friend, I want to tell you, when you get to that point, you'll find out that God is all you really need. God is all you need to make it through and God will be with you and God will give you victory and God will give you peace in the storms. And Jeremiah cried out, number one, he had a desire. He said, Lord, I'm hungry for you. Lord, I'm thirsty for you. Lord, I want my relationship with you to be better than it's ever been. Have you ever been there where you got to the point in your Christian life where you just kind of felt like you were stagnant. You kind of reached a plateau, and maybe in some cases you felt like you were kind of going downhill a little bit. I hope you come to church hungry. 
And I don't just mean for food. We all come to church hungry for food. I mean, that's just part of being Baptist, right? But I hope you came to church this morning hungry for the things of God. I hope you came to church this morning with the desire for God to speak to you and for God to help you and to receive something from the Word of God. Don't you want to see God answer prayers in your life? Don't you want to see God give you something from His Word every day when you open it and you read it? And it's not just the words on a page and it's not just uh, you're going through the motions and it's the same old, same old, but don't you want God to be real in your life? I'm not talking about getting saved. Salvation is a gift. Salvation, you can get saved and trust the Lord, but not really walk with Him. And you can know the Lord as your Savior, but not know Him as your friend. But I want to tell you, God wants to be your friend. He wants to be there. He wants to visit you. He wants to uh, meet your needs. He wants to get to know you. Are you comfortable or are you complacent in your Christian life? Sometimes it's easy to get to that point, isn't it? Sometimes it's easy to get so busy and so wrapped up with things that the Bible just becomes uh, something we set on the shelf. And our prayer life gets put by the wayside and we, we come to church and, and maybe this is you this morning and you came to church and you say, Pastor, if you knew I'm tired, I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm miserable, I'm only here because I just feel like I need to be here, but there's nothing really going on in my heart and there's no joy and there's no happiness, I got news for you. I've been there before too. But can I tell you, God can change that. And God can help you and God can give you the joy and He can restore the joy of your salvation. I'm glad that when we desire God, I'm glad that He's not hiding from us. I'm glad that when we seek God, the Bible speaks of, of seeking after Christ as a person would seek after hid treasure. Could you imagine if we discovered, we found some old documents and we discovered that out there in this front lawn of our church, there was a, a chest, and there's not. Don't go out there digging after church, okay? Well, if, I don't think there is. But anyway, you imagine you go out there, somebody said, there's a chest filled with gold and treasure, and it's out there, and all you got to do is go look for it. I tell you what, we'd be looking for it. We'd be serious about it. Well, I got news for you. There's not a treasure out there in that field out front, but there's a treasure in here sitting on this pulpit. It's the Word of God. It's a treasure you hold in your lap. It's a treasure that God has given us for the Word of God. And if you seek it, the Bible says, you will find it. There must be a desire. David said in Psalm 119, Thy law do I love. I love thy law exceedingly. There must be a desire for the things of God. David said in Psalm 42, verse 1, as the heart, H-A-R-T, or as the deer panteth or, 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 or thirsteth after the water brook, David said, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Can I tell you, there ought to be a desire for the things of God. There ought to be a desire for the word of God. Secondly, I see in Jeremiah 15, not only was there a desire for the word of God, but I see secondly that the word of God was discovered. It says in verse number 16, thy words were, what's the next word? Found. Isn't that a wonderful thing when you find something that you need, but you lost it? Have you ever, you don't have to raise your hand, or maybe I should say, has your spouse ever done this? Then we'd really get some hands raised. We'd get honesty. Have you ever lost your keys? 
And you know, it's amazing, you never lose your keys when you don't need them. You always lose them when you do need them, right? When you're getting ready to go out the door. Have you ever lost your wallet? That's a scary feeling. As a matter of fact, that's a scary feeling anywhere, but especially in your own house, you know, your own family members, they might get a hold of that and, you know, borrow, borrow, Christian borrow some of that stuff. Have you ever lost a credit card? You ever lost your driver's license? You ever lost an important document that you had to have? Can I tell you, it's a wonderful thing when you find it. It's a wonderful day when you discover that which you have lost. Notice in verse number 16, Jeremiah said, Thy words were found. Jeremiah was discouraged. He was having a hard time. He felt like he was all alone. He felt like the whole world was against him. But in the midst of all that, he made a discovery that changed his life and it changed his attitude and it changed his outlook forever. Because he found the book, he found the word of God. And when Jeremiah found the word of God, let me tell you, that was a wonderful day in his life. He found the answer to the problem. He found the solution. He heard from heaven. He got a word from God. He discovered the word of God. 2 Kings chapter 22, the Bible tells us that there was a priest. His name was Hilkiah. This was during the ministry of Jeremiah when he first started to preach. Hilkiah was the priest. And they were having a day that they were cleaning the temple. And as they were cleaning the temple... Things had been so bad and things had been so neglected that they didn't even realize it, but they had lost the book of the law. They had lost the word of God in the temple. Hilkiah was cleaning out and, and, and organizing and sorting and making repairs. And while he was in the midst of that, he found the book. And he announced, he said, I have found the book of the law. And they took it to the king. And they read it to the king, and the king rent his clothes, and they said, oh my, there's things in this book we've not been doing. There's things in this book we've not been obeying. There's some stuff in this book that we need to get right in our lives. And They had a, a cleansing, and they had a confession time, and they had a time of revival because they found the book. That's wonderful. But what's very sad is how do you lose the book? How, how do Christians lose the Bible. You lose your car keys, it's 911. You lose your wallet, it's an APB. I mean, you lose something and it's tell the whole world and it's Facebook and it's calling. But sometimes we lose the Bible and we don't even care. Here's what I'm saying. You say, well, pastor, we don't lose the Bible. I understand you don't lose the Bible, but many times as Christians, all we do with the Bible is we put it under our arm and take it to church. Then we go home from church, and when we get home from church, we got the spot where we put it, and we set it on that shelf, and it sits there until the next service. Maybe Wednesday night Bible study, and I think you ought to come to Wednesday night Bible study, but maybe you pick it up and you bring it. Wonderful. I'm glad you bring your Bible. But then after Wednesday night Bible study, it goes back on the shelf, and then we don't go back to get it until Sunday. Friend, that is the equivalent of losing the Bible. That is the equivalent of not having the Bible when it sits on a shelf, but we never open it up. We never read it. We never study it. We never get in the book. And there needs to be some discoveries this week 
in our homes in Roanoke Rapids. There needs to be a discovery of the Word of God. There needs to be some people this week that say, I've not been reading my Bible, but I'm getting back to reading my Bible. I haven't been studying my Bible. I haven't been memorizing it. But this week, with God's help, I am going to rediscover the Word of God. I'm glad that it's discoverable. I'm glad that it's attainable. I'm glad it's accessible. I'm glad that it is available for us to read. So the question is, why don't we read it? Why don't we study it? Thy word have I hid in mine heart, the psalmist said, that I might not sin against God. Well, we know a lot about the sports teams and we know a lot about the movies and we know a lot about our hobbies and we know a lot about this and that. And boy, we're up on the latest gossip and we're up on the latest rumors and we're up on the latest this and that. But friend, it's time that God's people get back to the word of God. We've got to discover it again. There must be a desire. Number two, there must be a discovery. But then number three, I like this. It says in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse number 16, and I did eat them. You know what Jeremiah did with the Bible? He said, I devoured it. I consumed it. Now, if you've not been paying good attention so far, I don't want to look down a few minutes and see you tearing pages out of your Bible and sticking them in your mouth and chewing on them. I'm not talking about that, okay? And you may be hungry, but trust me, we won't be here that long. You'll get lunch. I'm not talking about literally, physically tearing the pages and eating them. That won't necessarily bless your heart. That'll give you a heartburn. You know, that's going to be not good for your system. But here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about devouring the Word of God. He consumed it. He didn't just admire it on the shelf. He didn't just talk about the Bible. He didn't just step back and say, oh, wow, you know, I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. But he literally consumed it. He he ate it. He brought it in and he made it a part of his life. I love to eat. Now, of course, we're talking about the Bible, but I love to eat food. Amen for that. I'm telling you, it's amazing how often we consume food, physical food. Most of us eat at least two meals a day, some three. Some, some kids I know can do four and five a day, you know, no problem. But we don't go days without food without a reason. Maybe if there's something going on in your life, or maybe you're getting ready for a doctor's appointment, or maybe if you've decided you're going to fast for uh, some, some spiritual reason and you take a day or two you don't eat. But for the most part, we eat every, every day or uh, at least a couple times a day. But we do that. Because there's a hunger, there's a need, there's a a, a need for nourishment. In the United States of America, we consume food. And by the way, we consume a lot of it. I was going this week, I was going through the list, and I was just curious, what are the most consumed foods in the United States of America? The top 10, would you believe that broccoli is not on that list? Would you believe there's not even a fruit or vegetable on the whole list of the top 10 foods consumed in the United States? But number one, hamburgers. I took number one. And by the way, as I read through this list of 10, I was amazed how many of these I've had this week. How many of you have had at least one hamburger this week? Okay, there you go. Number two, hot dogs. And it doesn't say, it didn't say in the report red hot dogs, but I assume it was red hot dogs and with slaw and chili. I'm just assuming that's what it was. Number three, French fries. Boy, we consume French fries. Anybody had a French fries this week? Oh, hallelujah. I think 
There are only two things on the list I've not had this week. This is one of them. Number four, Oreo cookies. Anybody like Oreo cookies? All right. Anybody had them this week? All right. Okay. So this must be a legitimate list, Oreo cookies. Number five, I've had this this week, pizza. Hallelujah for pizza. Anybody had pizza this week? All right. Okay. So far, the list is good. Number six, not good, not healthy, soda. Yeah, come on. Let's be honest. We've had some of that this week. Number seven is the all-time kids' favorite, chicken tenders. Anybody have some chicken tenders this week? All right. How about fried chicken? Let's talk about that. that we'll say those are interchangeable there. Number eight. Most favorite, most consumed foods in the United States of America, number eight, ice cream. Yeah. Number nine, I had not had all week until Sunday school, but I just ate one, a donut. How many of you have had a donut this week? All right. How many of you have had at least one dozen? No, no, don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> number 10 on the list, potato chips. You know what? Yeah. You can't eat just one, I'll guarantee you that. You know what we do? We consume food. We consume food every day. By the way, it's not just food that we consume. Did you know the average American consumes every day, on average, five hours of television? Five hours. The aver and I understand it, it varies with ages and all those things. Did you know the average American right now averages two and a half hours every day of social media. That would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all these other uh, apps like that, that that people use for social media. Two and a half hours a day. I want to tell you, the problem is that some of those things, you may not be watching bad stuff. Now, of course, you don't want to watch the filth and the trash and the wickedness, but it may not even be bad stuff. But here's the question. How much of the Word of God are we consuming? I'll guarantee you the average is not two and a half hours a day of the Word of God. I'll guarantee you it's not an average of five hours a day in the Word of God. But yet the Word of God is more important. Job said it's more important than my necessary food. The psalmist David said it's sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. Jesus there in the wilderness being tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. As God's people, we must get back to devouring and consuming the word of God. Number four, I see in Jeremiah 15 that he delighted in the word of God. There was joy and rejoicing that came when Jeremiah got in the Bible. The joy was not from the economy. The joy was not coming from politics. The joy was not coming from friends. It was not coming from uh, hobbies. It was not coming from pleasure. The joy for Jeremiah, it came from the Word of God. I'll tell you why so many Christians are depressed. I'll tell you why so many Christians are living and they're miserable and they're unhappy. And I'll tell you why so many of our homes struggle and so many of our, uh, our businesses and so many of our activities are, it just, it, it, it seems like we're, 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 we're just trudging along because as Christians, we're not getting the Bible. We're not consuming the Word of God. If somebody opened those back doors and they walked in and 
they looked very ill and they looked very sickly and someone immediately went to them and said, are you okay? And if they said, well, I'm, I'm not doing well, I haven't eaten in seven days. I haven't had any food, I haven't had anything to eat in seven days, I guarantee you, we'd have somebody rush to that kitchen and get them some crackers or get them something and say, you've got to eat. You're going to die. You're going to starve to death. You're going to become so weak and so sick, you won't be able to live. But yet I wonder how many times people walk through these back doors and they haven't read the Bible in days and they haven't prayed in days and spiritually were weak and spiritually were sick and spiritually were dying because we have not gotten in the Word of God. There's not a shortage. There's not a famine. We all have a Bible. And if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, if you'll see me after church, I'll make sure you have one. We've got the Bible in our laps. We've got it on our shelves. We've got it on our phones. We've got it in our computers. We've got it in our tablets. But yet we do not read the Bible. And then we wonder why we don't have the joy that we ought to have. It's because we don't consume the Word of God. There was delight. But then lastly, I see there was a dedication. Verse number 16, Jeremiah said, Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. You know what the Bible did for Jeremiah? It brought him joy because it brought him a reminder of his purpose. You know what the Bible does? It reminds us why we're here. It reminds us what we're living for. And friend, we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to bring honor and glory to self. We're here to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. The Bible says that Jeremiah said, I'm called by thy name. As Christians, we have been called by his name. We are his children. We are his people. Uh, those disciples in Antioch in the book of Acts, the Bible says they were first called Christians. What an honor. Wouldn't it be awesome this week if somebody, they pulled you aside and they said, I just got to ask you this. I've not known you a long time, but I've just been watching you this week. And are you a Christian? Do you know the Lord? Because you sure act like you do. I can see it in your eyes. I can hear it in your voice. I can see it in your actions. I can see the kindness that you have and the love that you have. And you remind me of what Jesus Christ would be if he were here. Wouldn't that be a compliment? Wouldn't that be an honor this week if people could say, there's a Christian and there's a Christian and there's a Christian and there's a Christian and there's a Christian because they see it by how we live. We don't act like Christians to get saved. We act like Christians because we are saved. We've been called by His name. We are His children. Joanna and I are expecting our fifth baby in November. We've got four girls. This baby is a boy. And uh, we love all, all of our girls. And if this baby were a girl, we'd be fine too. But we're happy about a boy coming. And we've already had, I've heard some suggestions and actually some pretty strong suggestions, too, of what we should name the boy. And uh, I've had several people say, you got to name him Jeremy Jr. And uh, we're not planning on that. Uh, we're I, we were going to keep it a secret, but we're kind of leaning towards naming him Bubba. We thought that'd be a good name. <laughs> That's a good Southern name, you know, Bubba. 
But whether we call him Junior or not, or whether he's Jeremy Junior or not, which we're not planning on, he's going to have our name. It's going to be Bubba Cobernath. <laughs> he's going to have that name. And can I tell you, you and I, when we got saved, we took a name, and that name was placed upon us, child of God, Christian, born again, believer, saved by the grace of God. And I'll tell you what that'll do. That'll remind us that we are to be dedicated to that name. And the word of God reminds us of our dedication. I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. We devour food. and We eat food every day. Do you know what's amazing? There are some things we do that help us to make sure that we eat and we eat properly and especially for our children. You know, one thing we do, most of us, we have a time and a place we eat every day. And it may vary some, but there's a time. You, you eat at the kitchen table or you uh, eat in another room or you eat here or you eat at work or you eat in the lunchroom or you eat somewhere, but there must be a place and there must be a time. I wonder, where's your place? where you read the Word of God every day? What's your time where you read the Word of God? What's your plan? Could you imagine if you never planned a meal? You just waited until you were hungry, and then you started figuring it out. Oh, we got to run to the store. It's, it's lunchtime. We got to run to the store. Oh, we got we to gotta cook this. Oh, we got to prepare this. Oh, we got to cut this. Oh, we got to put this in the oven. Oh, and if there was no plan, We'd have a hard time with good, consistent meals, wouldn't we? But so many Christians don't have a plan for their spiritual nourishment. I tell you, I'd encourage you to get a Bible reading schedule. We've got them in these back tables. I get a Bible reading schedule, and every day I'd say, here's my plan. I'm reading one chapter, I'm reading three chapters, or I'm reading something every day. Get a plan, get a place, get a schedule. Eliminate distractions. I'm telling you, I don't have this problem, but my girls, our girls, they have this problem that if they're distracted, they don't eat. And sometimes you got to try everything. All right, here we go. Here comes the airplane. Coming in for a landing. Here we go. Open wide. You know, it's like because they get distracted. I'll tell you, for us as Christians, we got to eliminate some distractions. Sometimes we got to turn the cell phone off. Sometimes we got to turn the TV off. Sometimes we've got to close the door. Sometimes we've got to find a place where we can get alone with God without distractions because it's our spiritual nourishment that we must have. I'll tell you another way to get your daily nourishment spiritually is to be faithful. Just get on a schedule and stick with it and be in your place. Take notes from your Bible reading. Mark your Bible. Memorize the Word of God. Let the Bible get in you and change you. And then I'll give you one more. And that is to pray. See, I thought we were talking about Bible reading, yeah? But Psalm 119, verse number 18, it says this. David said, Lord, would you open mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law? It's amazing when you'll pray and say, Lord, would you speak to me? I need something from your word today. Lord, I've got a lot going on. I've got a lot of burdens. I've got a lot of problems. I've got a lot of difficulties. But Lord, would you give me today exactly what I need from your word? There must be a desire for the word of God. There must be a desire for the preaching and the teaching and the study of the word of God.
The Bible tells us that salvation is a gift. It's free. There's nothing that you can do to earn salvation. There's nothing that you or I can do to pay for salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You cannot get to heaven by being a good person. You cannot get to heaven by being a church member. You cannot get to heaven by being baptized. All of these would classify as good works. Now, it's good to be a good person. It's great to be a church member. It's wonderful to be baptized. But those do not get a person to heaven. If you could get to heaven by being a good person, then why would Jesus have to die on the cross? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I would encourage you today to accept the gift of eternal life. I would challenge you to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. For more information about this important subject, please give us a call at 252-537-5973 or write us a letter addressed to 2360 Bowling Road in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Voice of Victory radio broadcast. We hope that these messages are a help to you in your spiritual life. We are located at 2360 Bowling Road in Roanoke Rapids. Our Sunday school classes begin at 10 a.m. Sunday morning service is at 11 a.m. Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Or Wednesday evening prayer meeting and Bible study begins at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, please contact us at 252-537-5973. You can also visit us online at vbcrr.org. Please tune in again next week at this same time. And on behalf of everyone at Victory Baptist Church, God bless you. And thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Voice of Victory radio broadcast.